Hello, folks. This is your host, Tammy Tucky, and you are now listening to the Tierra Talk Show. We bring you rare interviews with the makers of Disney magic. Whether they be singers, actors, Imagineers, animators, they have all made their mark on the Disney name. Be sure to check out the show notes, other episodes, contests, our social media pages from Facebook to Twitter, and more on our official website at www.thetierratalkshow.com. Are you looking to plan and book an upcoming Disney vacation? Contact the Tierra Talk Show's official travel agent, James from Destinations in Florida, by visiting destinationsinflorida.com backslash tiara for a free quote. The link is also included in the show notes on our website. All guest opinions are theirs and theirs alone and do not represent the opinions of the Tierra Talk Show or the host. The Tierra Talk Show is not associated with the Disney Company. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode. And from all of us here at the Tierra Talk Show, have a hoop-de-doo day. I'm excited to welcome this week's Tierra Talk Show guest, former Disney animator Glenn Keane to the show. Welcome, Glenn. Hello, Tammy. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the Tierra Talk Show. (laughs) And so as of recording this interview, the announcement of the Academy Awards nominations has not happened yet, but it's coming up later this week. And your animated film, The Duet, was on the top 10 animated films list that went onto the main voting process. This is big. This is huge. And I'm really excited because this animated short that you made is just spectacular. It's fantastic. So would you mind giving like a little synopsis and and talk about how you kind of got to the point of making this animated short? Well, yeah, thank you for asking about it. It's uh, the first thing that happened for me after I left Disney. Uh, I was there for 38 years and felt that there was something new uh, waiting, but I didn't know what it was. And it turned out to be a duet. Uh, I went up to Google and they showed me this um, virtual world device where you can look in. It's like, you know, it was a, a Android phone, but more than a phone, as you looked in the screen, it really became a window into a virtual world where you could follow animation and you had the camera in your hand. And they, they said, so what would you do with this? And I said, well, what do you want? Uh, Regina Dugan, who was the head of this group at uh, Google, group called ATAP, she said, um, we just want you to make something beautiful and emotional. Wow, okay, I, that's, I love to hear that. Um, but what's the catch? I mean, what are you, what are you selling? She said, well, we're, we're not selling anything. We, we just want you to push yourself creatively, and that's going to push us technologically. And so uh, that's what I did. I, I took the challenge and started uh, to develop an idea that seemed uh, immediately to just be forming. Uh, I asked Jenny Rim, my producer, and uh, my son Max, who became our production designer, to work with me on it. And uh, it's basically the story of two people who are destined to be together, a boy and a girl, and you follow their lives from the time they are just cells to where they are born and you watch these two little babies grow up and one baby crawls to the screen left the other baby crawls screen right and as they they crawl that you watch them start to grow the little girl wants to uh to be a ballerina and the boy little boy wants adventure and every time the boy and the girl cross you have a choice you can follow one or the other and um 
it finally ends up uh, in the end where they uh, both find their own course in life and in doing that find one another. And it's a wonderful little three and a half minute love story. More, I think of it more as a, as a visual poem than a traditionally uh, storyboarded linear story. I mean, this is more because there's these two characters that follow their their own life course. It's kind of like we think of it as a double helix, this two spiral staircases that intertwine these two characters. And you, as the person that controls the camera, can jump back and forth between those two spiral staircases. You, you'll have to, to, to see how it works, Tammy. It's, it, it's uh, coming out. It's been out now on a Moto X Android and soon... It'll come out on all Androids and eventually, hopefully, into um, iPhones as well. That's just an amazing process that Google really wants to kind of push and, and, and push farther into animation, see what they can do. And there's been so many new developments over the years with animation. And you went from drawing Tarzan to drawing Rapunzel, and Rapunzel's completely CGI. But of course, animation is still playing a part into this. And again, you said you worked for the Disney Company for 38 years. You worked alongside Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnson, who were a part of the original Nine Old Men. Do you take some of their advice into these projects? They are so much a part of of me, uh, I could never forget them. I could never uh, and would never want to, I don't know, forget the, the important truths that they were trying to communicate to me. I was 20 years old when I started working with them, and their goal was to pass on the baton, um, to pass on something that they had really invented. And Ollie Johnson, I remember, would tell me these, give me these little pearls of wisdom, and he'd say, Oh, Glenn, I'm going to tell you something, and you're not quite ready to learn it yet, but, but I'm going to tell you anyway, and someday you'll understand. I said, yeah, well, what is it? And then he'd say something like, don't animate what the character is doing. Animate what the character is thinking. And I thought, wow, yeah. That's, and I'd write it down, and I'd pin that up on my desk, and I'd look at it and go, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> I didn't understand it. But I, I know that like when I was finally doing uh, Tangled um, and I would draw over top of the animators' scenes, uh, we in dailies, all the animators would sit in a room and I had a Cintiq where I could draw over top of uh, their animation, their CG animation. And, and these words would come back. And I remember specifically at that point, um, Ollie's comment and I said, you know, Ollie Johnson told me this. Don't animate what the character is doing. Animate what the character is thinking. And this is what he meant. And, and I drew over top of it and showed why Rapunzel would act differently if you animated what she was thinking. And it was there was so many these wonderful moments kept bubbling up through through that whole experience of animating uh, or supervising on Tangled. Um, it was it was really about passing on this baton that they had gave to me. You worked on another character of John Silver in Treasure Planet. So with John Silver, he actually has one of those CGI legs and arms as well. So did that actually help with the animating that in 2002, along with working with Rapunzel? I've had a, a love affair with CG for ever since like John Lasseter and I started the very first little animation 
test with CG in 82. And it was to this little Murray Sendak book, Where the Wild Things Are. And we had done a little 90 seconds of animation. And uh, John went on to do nothing but CG. And I stayed with uh, hand-drawn. But anytime I found that the computer crosses my path, it it challenges me to be a better artist. Uh, I've always seen myself as an artist first, an animator second. And in Tarzan, like the Tarzan surfing down the tree branches using deep canvas, uh, really allowed me to think more dimensionally. CG and hand-drawn really came together in the same character with Silver, where literally his arm is CG and his leg is CG and part of his head is. And, uh, and working really closely with uh, Eric Daniels in creating that synthesis of this character, I found that uh, CG and Handron were becoming closer and closer on Rapunzel. At one point, I was planning on Rapunzel being a film that was going to be done in Handron. And Michael Eisner looked at all the drawings I had done. Uh, this is when Michael was still ahead of the studio at Disney. And he said, well, yes, let's, we need to do this movie Rapunzel. I said, great. He said, but there's one thing, Glenn, I, I want you to do it in CG. And I, I said, well, Michael, do you, do you like all the drawings that I've done there? And he said, yeah, I love them. I said, well, you can't do that in CG. And uh, he said, well, Glenn, I mean, there must be some way you can take what you love and hand-drawn and bring it into CG. And I thought it was such a, a naive but pure and innocent statement and I could not say no to it. It's like, yeah, there's got to be a way you can take those same drawing principles. And so that's that's what I started to bring into um, Tangled, into Rapunzel, and found that drawing is is really this the basis of design, and it translates into CG. And uh, finally with Duet, it was really a wonderful way of, celebrating line and drawing and yet in the most cutting edge technology uh, so far in this interactive world of animation that we we did through uh, through Google. With Duet, I would love to see, are you even planning on making your own full-length animated film? That's possible. I mean, there's a lot of open doors that we haven't gone through yet. And yes, I have been developing a uh, long-form story that... Uh, would be absolutely wonderful to do with just the right partners who I'm looking for right now. My dad uh, is a cartoonist. Um, I grew up in a home where uh, he created the family circus. He was constantly telling jokes. Uh, He was an entertainer. I grew up with my brothers. We were always telling stories, doing puppet shows. I was writing stories and books and I mean, I've been, since I've been a kid, I knew that I was going to be telling stories in some way or another. And um, now that I'm just a really older kid, <laughs> I'm still doing that. Uh, the key that I kept hearing from the nine old men was the key to Disney animation is sincerity. And I didn't know what that meant. I mean, I, I sincerely wanted to be a better animator. 
at 20 years old, but I, I mean, what does that mean? I, I would press harder on my pencil and the point would break. And, you know, it, it wasn't about trying harder. It was ultimately I learned it was believing the characters are real, believing in the characters. You know, I mean, as a kid, I'm sure, uh, Tammy, you must have been like me and you would play make-believe. <laughs> as Ariel. Um, <laughs> Yeah, many times. <laughs> Suddenly, I mean, I remember after when Little Mermaid came out, uh, I I had a um, a swimming teacher come up to me, and she had known she knew that I had animated uh, Ariel, and she said, "I am so mad at you, Mister Keen." I said, well, "Why?" See, because now all the all the little girls in in my swim class no longer use their arms; they put them down by their side and they just kick their feet like their fins together. <laughs> I have three Disney questions. I always ask my guests. They're called the Fab Three. So we'll start with the Donald one. So as a child, what Disney film would you always like to watch over and over again? I remember the one that I remember most was 101 Dalmatians. It was on my birthday. And we all went to a movie theater. I mean, not a movie theater. We went to the drive-in theater. And there was seven in our family. We're all in the station wagon. And... This is like the ultimate test for any film. If it can capture you, even though you're sitting in a station wagon stuffed with your brothers and sisters and, and popcorn spilling everywhere and the windows fogging up and you're hearing the sound through a lousy, crummy metal speaker hanging on your window, that's a great film. And I, I, I never will forget the feeling I had about Corella DeVille and how <laughs> Frightening and how she was more real than real. And it was, I, I was just so captivated by how she moved and the weight of her coat as she threw it around. And I mean, it was magical. It was the most mesmerizing thing in the world. And later on, to be able to meet Mark Davis and to actually be taught by him, um, I truly was in awe of, of that man's ability. And our goofy question, what Disney character do you think would be your best friend if you met them in person? Now, since you're an animator, can you choose one that you've actually animated and then one that you have not animated? Well, I think I would choose Tarzan as my best friend. I mean, I felt like I knew him so well. There's always a point where the characters become so real. I remember leaving the studio. I was working in Paris where we were animating Tarzan. And at the beginning, you're trying to understand who he is and how he moves and different animators are coming up with poses and I would say no 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 Tarzan wouldn't do that he would do this and one evening as I went out there to hop on my bike to ride back to our apartment just leaving work I realized I wasn't alone that next to me was Tarzan and I felt like I could put my arm around him and I knew exactly how he would move and there was like a little jump of about a three foot high wall that I had to hop off of to get down to where my bike was. And, and I, before I jumped, I just pictured Tarzan exactly how he would hop and jump. And, and I knew him. I just knew him so well. I felt like uh, he was me. I was him. I, I, he would be my best friend. And I guess, uh, see, you have a question. What was, um, Oh, non Disney character. I, I would have to say, um, Peter Pan. I, I really want, I've always dreamed of flying. I just want to fly with that guy. Yeah, that 
that was that would be a dream to me. Come on, everybody. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and our Mickey question, if I asked you to name any song, any Disney song at this very moment, what immediately comes to mind? Part of your world. I mean, Ariel singing part of your world has been um, in my DNA. I was supposed to do <laughs> Ursula and then, because I'd been doing big villain characters before that, and then I heard Jody Benson sing Part of Your World and was watching Alan, I mean, Howard Ashman coaching her and turning off the lights in the recording studio and whispering to her and telling her you're in this grotto alone and this is, this is like, your bedroom and this is where all of your dreams are. And as he, he just kind of cast this spell on Jody as she sang that song. And, and I just believe that character and, and believe that she really could, could, I guess it's the believing the impossible is impossible. The impossible is possible. That's what I related to. I wanted to animate that desire to that, the impossible could become real for her. And, uh, I, you know, so, so when I think of that song, it's very much me. Uh, I think I'm an idealist. Um, I, I, but the glass is always half full to me. I, I relate to Ariel. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Glenn. This is a lot of fun. <laughs> Thank you so much, Danny. To guide these lives. 